Hey guys, what's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Rain, No Rainbows. Joining me today, my main man, basketball extraordinaire, Myson Jones. What's up, going man? On? How you doing? Thanks doing for having good. me. Nah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out and, and joining me for a little bit of time. Um, we're going to get things started. And first and foremost, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who who might not know who you are. Just give them a quick little rundown of, of your background and a, a bit of your resume, if you would. Okay. My name is Myson Jones. I'm from Aiken, South Carolina, about two hours from here. I went to Anderson University, played basketball there, graduated in 2015, and uh, started working in, in corporate. So after basketball finished, I'm trying to find out what's my next sport. Where do I, as bad as it is, maybe identify myself? Mm-hmm. Or how do I identify myself? And business was the next route. So about a year and a half in the corporate world, I had a bad deal, lost eight, nine thousand dollars on something that I thought was unfair, quit my job. And ever since then, I've been working on building a business and just perfecting my craft with this new sport that I'm in. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned kind of getting hit in the corporate world. You mind digging deeper in that a little bit? What kind of hit was that? I mean, nine, ten thousand dollars. How old were you when you lost that? Because that's not a small amount. That was twenty. Two, 23, yeah, it was a lot of money for me <laughs> at that time. And just being in college, like, yeah, I'm on a full scholarship at a prestigious school, but there's no money coming in. And I don't want to ask my parent, my mom, my mom and my grandmother continuously asking them for money. Uh, in corporate, you know, there, there are policies and I, I was learning the policies, learning the politics and abiding by the rules. I had an opportunity that was presented to me by a big company locally. I won't say the name. And the commission would have been at least nine thousand dollars, at mm-hmm. least. So it was my account. Yeah. And I went to my manager and through some loopholes, some rules that weren't written, that were just understood, I got that account removed from me, and it was handed to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what? If I'm working this hard, if I'm prospecting, I'm smiling and dialing, calling fifty people an hour, saying, "Hey, Mike and Jones, blah blah blah." cold calling i might as well do this for myself yeah something that i completely believe in wholeheartedly so was that the trigger for you that was a trigger okay and and i can tell with with your mindset when you said okay what's my next sport you really have that competitive mindset you have that athletic mindset where did that start because i know you're 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 a stud with basketball has it always been that it has i i I'm undersized with the sport of basketball. A typical point guard in the league or college is 6'1", 6'2", I'm 5'9 on a good day. Mm-hmm. So I've always had, the people call it, my teammates call it Napoleon Syndrome, but I've always had that grit and that, that drive to be respected as a smaller guard, whether that was school and being smart with, with academics or playing basketball. So that's where the competitiveness comes in because I've, I've had to, by nature, just to stand out. Yeah, and you, you talk a lot about, I, I watch a lot of your videos because you do a lot of coaching in basketball, and you mention the the mental aspect, the, the smarts on the court, that that basketball IQ. Is that something you really utilize to kind of make up for the difference in height? It, it is, and I, I wish I would have done it more, and I wish I would have, I mean, you and Andre did an episode on it recently about mentoring and coaching and how you can learn decades of wisdom in just a few hours a few days just by one conversation and that's what i'm i'm trying to become the person that i wanted to be when i was growing up whether that's on the court or off the court so giving these guys and girls instructions to help them in their learning curve to be a little shorter and to develop faster that's been my goal yeah what are some of the biggest obstacles and some of the biggest adversities you faced on the basketball court other than just the difference in size man the biggest thing was confidence I, I don't know where it roots from but I, I've never been an absolutely confident person I think it stems from me having a lack of respect for arrogance mm. 
Mm. I, I can't stand arrogant people. So I mistake confidence with arrogance sometimes, and that leads me to not be confident in myself. I'm learning how to battle that. We talked about it earlier, just rewiring certain mindsets. But the biggest, the biggest adversity for me was just getting a college scholarship. Uh, AAU was a big, big gateway to being seen by college coaches, and I got kicked off my team at a pivotal time in my career. So just fighting back from that and getting eyeballs, college coaches' eyeballs on me to see my game was the biggest adversity for me amidst being kicked off this AAU team that presented that opportunity. In hindsight, do you think that adversity made you better? Do you, do you think it was almost, quote-unquote, meant to be? Oh, for sure. I, I asked you the question earlier, man. Does pain lead to different, uh, does pain lead you to action? And I think for me, it did. And, and when I get too comfortable, I'm not the same person. So I need that adversity. I need that grit. I need the competition. Honestly, and I've been struggling to find the competition in business because on the basketball court, we see each other. We can go face to face, toe to toe. With business, we may not ever see each other, but I can guarantee we're both trying to achieve the same thing, going after the same client. So I'm only a year and some change in, but I'm seeing the parallels between the two. I want to go back to something you mentioned about um, confidence and arrogance. And you mentioned how you sometimes you mistake one for the other. What are the difference between the two? I think arrogance is ego plus ignorance. Mm-hmm. Arrogance is when you're just, you're focused on self and you have no rationality towards who you are or your skills. Um, I think arrogance puts you above others in your own mindset. So you have a disdain for other people. You think everything is self. And I think confidence is just a, a, a mindset towards an ability that you have. You don't necessarily have to separate yourself from the craft, but I think confidence is okay. It's safer. There's no ego in, in confidence or less ego, I should say. And there's less ignorance in, in confidence because you're actually realistic about your, your productivity or what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. How do you build your confidence? Self-talk. Self-talk and being confident in the right things. So instead of being confident in uh, something that's vain, being confident in, hey, I'm a good teammate. Being confident in, hey, I give my all no matter what the task is. So having confidence in certain things helps me out to be okay with it. And if I'm okay with it, then I can go full head of steam if I'm coming from the right place. Yeah. So... A lot of your basketball coaching, right? You, you kind of instill some of that confidence on these kids. I was watching a video and you, you were kind of talking about just the tenacity on the court. And uh, I, I, I like a lot of your videos because they talk about confronting a player and confidence has to play into this too. How important is it when you're teaching these kids for them to be confident in their skills? It's a prerequisite for peak performance. Like it's crazy. Man, everything that I, that I tell the kids, I realize like, oh man, I'm convicted because I know I have to apply that myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling them to be confident, but I'm not confident in every area that I'm working. It's, it's, it's unnecessary because if you're not having fun and you're not confident, then you're not going to play at your peak. And that confidence comes from first, in my opinion, training, work ethic, do, getting the reps in. And then it comes from coaching. I mean, I think we're all our biggest prophets. We're all our biggest coaches. So whatever we're telling ourselves, whether it's audible or it's nonverbal in our head, that's what's going to show when we get on the court or we go to the office or wherever we are in our field Mm -hmm. to play. 
So you've transitioned over to, to like really training these kids and, and doing the basketball training. Has, has that been something you've always reached for in terms of like mentoring and coaching? It's, it's, it's not. And it's interesting that you asked that. This is me feeling this out and answering this question for the first time. I enjoy people. I'm extroverted. I'm, a, I'm an ambivert. So I can do the introverted thing. I like reading books. We talk about that. But I'm also a people person. I can talk to people all day. The mentoring is just me. And I don't think I even consider myself a mentor, but the clients and the consumers, they consider that. So from the outside perspective, yes, my personality fits that, but I've never consciously made the decision to become a mentor or mm -hmm. a coach. Good. I asked that question because, I mean, when you're talking to these kids, I feel like what you're teaching them is so much more than just basketball. You even say in one of your videos, hey, take this and apply it to real life. Make it a game. Um, how important is that for you to kind of take your own advice on it? It's huge because I'm, I'm thinking I have a friend, Marshall Moses, a pro, and he says, you're not the zero point game. You're not the 30 point game. So learning how to separate self or what we think of self as thinking about it, who knows who, who many people lack the understanding of who they really are. And I'm still learning that myself, but if it's a game, then you can fail and still come back to practice the next day and get better. If it's not, if it's the end of the world, then you don't have that same approach. Mm -hmm. And I think the competitive approach to sports, the business or whatever it is, it helps you to be at your peak in whatever it is. So who is Myson Jones? If, if you're trying to figure that out, what, what have you come up with? Yes. So, so far. Myson Jones is a kid that honestly is, is learning, like you mentioned too, learning how, learning what modern man means to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, a big thing for me, this is for any man. I think when you talk about finances for men, I think that's one of the core topics that opens up soft spots. And for me, I, I, I've never had a male in my family that's been the, the breadwinner that's provided. I've always had women's queens who have been the ones that have provided the meals, have taken care of me, who have done all these things. They've had the male figure role model from what we think societally. But for me, I want to play that role. I want to be the male, the, the breadwinner, the, the guy who's providing security. And just, like I said earlier, be the person that I didn't have mm -hmm. growing up whether that's through basketball, through business, uh, relationally. I'm just striving to be the best model of, of me possible. Where's that ambition come from? It comes from, we talked about it earlier, man, mm -hmm. so many things. The opportunity that we have today, like we have an opportunity of a lifetime, and I want to take advantage of it in the lifetime of the opportunity. So you think 50 years ago, man, we probably couldn't be doing this. It probably cost $30,000 to do what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, probably couldn't be in this spot here. So there's so many opportunities we have in the time that we're living. I want to squeeze the most out of it every single day. And I think that's where that ambition is coming from. Um, and to be honest, some of that comes externally too. I have a lot of intrinsic motivation, but just my environment has always driven me to be better than the next person whether it's basketball, whether that's sports. So it's both intrinsic and is extrinsic as well. Well, now that you've transitioned out of, out of basketball in, into business, what are some of the goals and, and some of the, the aspirations you're going towards now? I want to have two bottom lines, man. I, of course, profit is, is huge. Uh, financially, the financial goals are huge too, but I also want to have a bottom line that's eternal too. 
that are actually helping kids and, and making a difference. So the branding's huge, but also the the short term, the social currency is huge for me too and trying to balance that. Um, I know so many businesses that are just bottom line. I mean, shoot, I, I left corporate because it was just bottom line. But you're seeing now with, with all these businesses that are coming and disrupting things, like you don't have to be just bottom line to make an impact, to mm-hmm. just run someone else out of business. And I think some businesses need to be ran out mm-hmm. of business. Um, I mean, honestly, I forgot the question. I'm rambling right now. No, but- <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like what your your current ambitions are yeah, right now. Yeah. So the ambition is, is to build a, a business, to mm-hmm. build a, not the biggest business, but the best business. And to completely, with basketball, you, you learn a certain way. You learn by getting reps in. Right. And I'm seeing that business can be the same way. Of course, there's some DNA. Of course, there's some different tactics and different mindsets people have that they're ingrained with when they're, when they're born. But I think you can learn how to build a business big enough that can actually make a huge shift in your life. Mm-hmm. So just that process of training myself, becoming my own trainer and learning a different sport and excelling in it. Yeah. So I think just talking to you, man, and kind of knowing your path of being a people person and wanting to do business, the more and more people I talk to, it seems as if that's, that's the ticket. Business is about people. You look at the biggest accommodation company in the world, Airbnb, they don't own any hotels. They just connect the people. Uber, the biggest transportation in the company in the world, they don't own any cars. They just connect the people. So when you make business about people, I think you really, you put it out there and you let the people kind of dictate the success. And I, and I see that that's what you're doing each and every single day. Let's talk about your social media and, and kind of the nuggets I see you put out there. Do these, are these kind of pre-written? Do you kind of just get in the moment? Cause I'll scroll through and I see a one minute video where you kind of just talk about going after it and you just have a good 60 seconds of value that just comes out. How, how does that come about? I think it comes about from the game and I've realized I've been pulling from previous knowledge with basketball and just relating that to trainees and clients and talking to them but now I'm seeing that you know what when I do train them and I do instruct them on something I give them a little epigram or nugget that's something that I can apply for myself too so as I'm learning as I'm reading I'm always trying to cross-reference different books different sports different uh, lessons that I'm learning in talking to Drew talking to to Justice talking to you talking to Andre I'm trying to figure out how everything pieces together how important is it to, to have those people that you talk to and your, your five people, if you would, they say, hey, we're the average of the five people around us. How important is it for you to kind of constantly check your circle? So important. I'm doing a better job of that now just with this. And it's, it's an interesting balance because anybody who's bootstrapping a business and talking or, or in this right now, they realize like, look, you say time is, is money. Yeah. Uh, but this right now is, social currency in a sense it's not actual green dollars maybe yet but it's worth so much more so trying to find the balance between okay what's actually going to earn the hard dollars versus what's going to like you said airbnb man they don't they are so successful because they (laughs) they know a lot of people Mm because people are what they build their business off of so just not trying to be about the the bottom line all the time. And like I said earlier, having multiple bottom lines. So I feel okay with, with reaching out and having that five and following up with that five. And my five is not always 
somebody who's in the flesh right there with me. I mean, the five might be a Gary V. Russell Brunson, a, a say Jordan Belford. I don't know why he came to mind, but Jordan Belford, whether you like him or not, has knowledge that is applicable. So it's not always somebody who's face to face. It's there are mentors who are online too. Yeah, and I, I like you know pulling in the basketball analogy here. You know, your starting five can rotate. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you need the three-point shooter. Sometimes you need to shoot in the paint. I don't know if I'm, I'm acting. No, you're right. You're right. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but but your starting five is going to rotate throughout the game. So it doesn't have to be stagnant. It's really about having that roster and at any given time checking in with that starting five and making sure that, you you know, you're still putting points on the board, right? Right, right. And I, I like this so much, man. I, I'm, I'm learning from the podcast, and this is I'm st- – we're still in the nascent stages of the podcast for No Rain, No Rainbows, and – I don't know. I just feel safe in this environment. It's a new field for me, but yeah, coaches don't ever, they don't always know at the beginning of the season what their rotation is, mm-hmm. who their starting five is going to be, who needs to be the sixth man. I don't know. Some things that I say, I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. Oh, I don't believe that anymore. So I'm okay with messing up and, and failing because that failing is just feedback and the feedback is something that's going to help out in the long run. And that's what's, what's crazy. You mentioned that because in the first episode with the intro, one of the things I wanted to be able to do with this podcast was have the audacity to be wrong. And when I say that, I don't want to put out bad information or wrong information. I want to put out the fact of the matter is as we learn and as we grow, I think our perspective can change on things. And the biggest thing I joke about now is when we were in high school, Pluto was a planet. It's not a planet anymore. Mm. So what was fact and what literally was something I was tested and graded on has now changed. So the more books we read and, and the more we kind of expose ourselves to the world around us i think our perspective becomes different right and we could feel differently on things speaking of the books that you that you're reading and all that what would you say is is uh, your favorite book or maybe the one book you think the listeners right now they need to stop what they're doing go to amazon and, and buy it right now Ooh man uh, i don't say the bible like yeah. <laughs> like the wisdom is so practical like whether you you're spiritual or not i think we're all spiritual in a sense but it's so practical. If you don't read the stories in the Bible, it's a it's a history book for me too. So it's not just a mythical, mystic book in and of itself. But there's wisdom literature in the the Bible that's that's practical. That just it's timeless mm-hmm. too. Um, and you got probably the richest man that's ever lived, and Solomon giving you just his nuggets of wisdom. So I, honestly, I think look, it's it's been the best selling book of all time, right? Like took it off the bestsellers list. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and that's Probably one book I'll say, but if I had to give a, another book, um, I think Ultimate Sales Machine will be great with really? Chet Holmes. Uh, that's just like the, the fundamental book for creating a new business. It talks about, talks about strategic planning and tactical management. It talks about training. It talks about hiring. It talks about everything you need to build a, a business. So I think that would be the one for me since that's my world mm-hmm. right now. I'm going to go ahead and add that to my list too. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the biggest victory you've had so far, whether it's on the court, off the court, in business, mm-hmm. in life, uh, relationships, family. What's the biggest uh, like yes moment you've had in your life? Uh, the biggest yes moment for basketball was when I finished playing at Anderson University and my, my ankle was hurt. I didn't think I had the best showing. And this is literally, I don't think everybody who was there, who I was competing against, knew how important that was to me. Because my family didn't have the funds to pay for, for school. So that was my ticket. That's what I always 
put my self-worth in to make my mom, my grandmother proud because they had done so much for me. And I'm still trying to pay them back. Mm-hmm. I will always try to pay them back. But after the coach said, we're going to offer you a full scholarship, that was the biggest yes moment for me. Uh, the next one would be just when I actually sit down and slow down for a second from my little 90-day sprints that I do, slow down and realize, like, look, you are, you are actually doing what you wanted to do all along. You are, quote, unquote, jobless, right? Mm-hmm. Phil might call me the unemployed like a year ago. I'm like, self-employed, unemployed, two different things. Um, and I'm working towards the whole uh, quadrant. I think it's Kiyosaki talks yeah. about the different co- the quadrants there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're all working towards that whole investor quadrant and kind of I feel like I'm in the almost in the business owner section of the quadrant but just realizing that I'm working towards goals and moving faster than what I expected so a big goal of mine is just to be truly location independent and that's coming up pretty soon uh, but it's just fun like you you had a blog post about fear and moving towards it and how stress can can move you towards it's a signal that you need to keep growing yeah so Man, here we grow again is how I feel all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask, uh, what do you think is required of you to, to get to that goal? Oh, man. A, a different person mentally. Like, I, I like sales, man. I really like sales. And I just, I'm making this mindset shift that I need to be consistent in, in the self reflection, in the, the talk that, you know what, sales is serving. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not out here trying to take, take, take. I'm a go giver. Right, there's a book called Go Giver that I, I probably would recommend for someone else to read. Really, really quick book. Have you read the book? Yeah. Yeah. Give more in value than taking payment. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first principle. I'm like, huh, that's what a sales rep is. So I think me needing to shift that paradigm that sales is a negative word to a positive word, I'm still fully making that. And I think it'll be okay for me to sell as much, which obviously that's the cash flow is, is, is king for a, a business. I think that shift needs to happen completely before I get to that ultimate goal. Because the ultimate goal, honestly, you think about it, the disparity between corporate money and location independent entrepreneurial money is huge. It's like Mm -hmm. three to one for me. And my big goal is not a million dollars. It's, hey, I can go hang out with my mom on a Tuesday afternoon if I want to Mm -hmm. and make up for lost times that I didn't grow up with her. Yeah. The work week becomes irrelevant. The work week becomes irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Well, my man, I, I I wish you tons of growth in the future. Thank you, man. And I appreciate I'm, that. I'm going to be in the front row to witness all of it. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, at Myson Jones on Instagram, Myson Jones on Facebook. I'm assuming that's where most of the audience will, will be. So just my full name, M-Y-S-O-N Jones. And reach out, man. I love to engage. I'm getting better at engagement, learning from you. So yeah, that's where they can find me. All right. Well, we'll keep the journey going. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, I appreciate you. I value you. Again, everybody wants wants the joy, but they don't want to go through the pain. But you can't get the sunshine without a little rain. Glad you enjoyed this episode of No Rain, No Rainbows. Let's grow.